Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. For all of us today, but um, as I was praying this week about I was praying this week about church and this day and this service, I felt a specific direction that I want to uh, uh, talk about tonight, today. So I'm going to turn to the book of Jeremiah 29 and 11. If you have your Bibles, if not, it will be on the screen behind me. Um, you have a Bible, phone, whatever manner. You read your Bible. Thank you anyway, Jimmy. Whatever manner you read your Bible. Uh, I'd rather you read it on your phone than not read it at all. But there's something to be said about a physical Bible in your hand too. So, One verse of scripture. And then if you'll give me a few moments. I want to share with you what I felt in my spirit to share with you guys today. Um, Jeremiah 29 and 11 the Lord speaking through Jeremiah said for I know the thoughts that I think toward you said the Lord thoughts of peace not of evil to give you an expected end the Lord said I know the thoughts that I think toward you said the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Today, on this Memorial Weekend service, a day that we're celebrating a great accomplishment by Miss, a great accomplishment by Miss Destiny Autry. I want to preach for just a little while on this destiny. <laughs> Lord, help us today. We thank you for your blessings, God. We thank you for all you've done. We thank you for this great accomplishment that she's done. We also thank you, Lord, for what this weekend stands for. God, as we remember those who have fought the good fight that we could have freedom in America, and not only in America, but freedom in religion, Lord. Those who has preached and taken tomatoes and they're given their own life, God, that this gospel could be preached. We're so thankful, Lord. I'm I'm asking today, God, that somebody could walk out of here and their life changed. I just pray that you would help me today, God. God, I'm nothing. But it is my greatest desire to see a great move of God happen in this place. I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I know I'm standing between you and the chicken. And I promise you, I'm hungry. So I will do my best to um, share what I feel in my spirit. If you'll give me a few moments today, I want to see somebody's life changed. His name was Saul. We know him as the first king of Israel. God chose him. God chose him to be king. The children of Israel wanted a king. 
They begin to cry out and say, give us a king. And the Lord spoke to Samuel. And according to 1 Samuel chapter 9, Saul was a Benjaminite. He was the son of Kish. And he was a mighty man of power. The Bible said that Saul, he was, according to the word of the Lord, said he was a choice young man. He was goodly. There was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than him. And from his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any other people. Otherwise, he was kind of like Devin. He's taller than everybody else. The Lord had told the prophet Samuel that he would send a man out of the land of Benjamin. And that Samuel was to anoint him to be captain over the people of Israel. And that Saul may save God's people out of the hand of the Philistines. And when Samuel saw, this is a tongue twister, but when Samuel saw Saul, <laughs> the Lord said to him, Behold, the man whom I'm speaking to thee of, this is the same man that will reign over my people. In 1 Samuel 10, 6, the Bible says that Samuel spoke to Saul and said, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you shall prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. Verse 7 says, And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave Saul another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. The Bible lets us know that the prophet Samuel did not choose Saul. Nor did the children of Israel choose Saul to lead them out. To lead them out of that bondage that they were in with the Philistines. But God chose this man. <coughs> even though the children of Israel cried out. And even though Samuel was the one that anointed him. God still chose Saul. The Lord anointed him. God gave him another heart. And that heart went with Saul. It was as if God was telling Samuel, I want you to take a good look. Samuel, this is the man I have chosen. This is the man that I plan to do the job with. That is the man that has been blessed with a destiny. That is a man that's been blessed with a purpose. That is a man that's been blessed with a future. And today on this memorial weekend, this graduation celebration, I come to tell this congregation, it's time for us to fulfill the destiny that God has called us. We've been called for such a time as this. We've been chosen. We've been given a job to do. Not by man, not, not, not by man or, or, or by mistake or anything else like that, but by God. So I'm here to say, let's fulfill the destiny that God has called you and I to do in this city, in our lives, in our future. As you step out of this, 
this uh, 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 life and, and I'm going to make that picture make sense later. Somebody's thinking that's not much of a destiny just dripping off a roof up there. But I'm going to make it make some sense a little bit later. But you know what? God, in this chapter of your life, destiny, you're moving on from, from uh, uh, what we would call childhood and what people call adulting. And, and a lot of people need to move on out of that and move into what God has called them to be and do. And, and there's many of us here today. But what is destiny? More than just a little red-headed beautiful girl that's grown up from saying I was a woodchuck while I was preaching to the beautiful young lady that she is now and the accomplishments that she's going to do. What is destiny? In its simplest form, destiny is God's purpose for you. Everybody in this place today, it is your appointed and ordained future that God has for you. Destiny is what God has predetermined for you to become. It is His divine will for your existence. As in my opening text today, as Jacob puts it back behind me, said, for I know, God speaking through Jeremiah, said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Now you may think of, uh, of evil when you think about your life or what's happened in your life or where you've came from or what your life has entailed to the point that you're in right now. But I promise you, when the seed come together in your mother's womb, God wasn't thinking about any evil. He was thinking about peace. He was thinking about the expected end that He had purposed for your life. He's thinking about what God designed you to do. You are not junk. Can I tell you today? You are not junk in this house today. You're not just wasting flesh that's been put on this earth. But God has greatness in mind. He had greatness in mind when you were conceived in your mother's womb. Praise God. He had greatness in mind. And He still does. No matter if your life has dealt you all kinds of junk and people's taken advantage of you and people has used you and people has abused you. He still doesn't change what God has in mind for you. He's still got a purpose for you. He's still got a plan for you. He's still got destiny for your life. I don't know who it is, but I found this quote K. Wickell said, if you weren't meant to be on this earth, you wouldn't be here. If you weren't meant to be here, you would be dead or you would never be born. But God doesn't create junk. And since you're here on this earth, in this church, and still breathing, that means God has got destiny for you. That means God has got purpose for you. That means God's got design for you. It doesn't matter if you're five years old or you're 46 years old. God's got destiny for you. It doesn't matter if you're one year old or you're 80 years old. God's still got destiny for you you. He's got purpose for you. He's got a design for your life. And as a pastor today, when I look at this awesome group of people, it terrifies me to think and to read within the Word of God that, 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 that so many Mr. Destiny, so many great people like Saul in the Word of God, God purposed and planned for him to be the first leader of the children of Israel. And he was that leader. But we also see that somewhere along the path, Saul missed his destiny. There's so many people that aborted the plan and the will of God for their lives. 
And we see through the Word of God, we see so many people that God, they was born for a design, a purpose, and a destiny. And whether by their own choice or by somebody else's choice that pushed them down another path, we see that their lives, their plan that God originally had for them, their life was aborted. And it seemed like maybe their life it ended up not in destiny, but in fate or in, in some tragedy of life. But I come to tell you today that God's got a design for you. He has a purpose for you, Hallelujah. I know we're, we're talking about, about uh, our sweet destiny here today, but I'm talking to everybody, hallelujah, about our destiny. And we need to let the first king saw. The, the, uh, we, 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 we see him. He started out right. He had a great desire. He was excited about the fact he was a man that was humble because even when they was looking for him Saul was looking to him to make him the first king to actually set him in front of people and anoint him they couldn't even find him because he was hiding yeah. but somewhere along the way like so many others and so, so many in here he got sidetracked we get sidetracked we missed out on our destiny so today I come to this church on this memorial weekend and this graduation celebration I want to ask you are you ready to fulfill your destiny are you ready to fulfill your destiny Saul was a man that missed the opportunity God himself chose Saul to lead the people of children out of bondage and when that prophet Samuel first laid his eyes on Saul and the Lord, Lord said, Behold, this is the man I have chosen. He will be the one to lead my people and reign over them. Anointed man. A man that at one time was led by the Spirit of God. He was gifted with the Spirit of prophecy. We read where he prophesied destined by God to lead Israel. And God was with him. He was a man with a destiny. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a great warrior. He feared God and he loved God. And that's why God chose him. But the Word of God paints one of the most tragic pictures in the Bible that we see when we see Saul, the king of Israel, begin to come apart. He only walked in his destiny for a while. He started off right, but somewhere along the way, he stumbled. He got caught up within himself instead of try, trying to fulfill the destiny that God called him. He started desiring the applause of people. In our time, it would be a little different for some of us. We started wanting to please someone else. We, we, we had a mother or our father that, that seemed like we could never live up to their standards of life. And, 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 and it was like it was constantly, our life was uh, framed around trying to please that mom or that dad or, or that, that older brother or sister that was very accomplished. Or maybe it's that, that spouse that seems like you can never do enough for them. And we get so wrapped up and caught up in trying to please them. We abort the plan of God and we begin to compromise the plan and the will of God. And we so desperately won't somebody else's 
approval. We forget that the only approval that really matters is approval to what God has designed you and I to be. So we begin to compromise the plan and the will of God. And the plan of God was for Saul to lead God's people out of bondage. Harvest House, we have not been called to compromise the message. Hallelujah. We cannot compromise our mission as a church. We have still been called to reach this world in this city with the gospel. Praise God. We must reach lost at any cost. Hallelujah. The mission of the church has always been to reach souls and to help them to become the saints of God. And we cannot compromise that message. We have a job to do. Hallelujah. We have a job to do. And we cannot compromise that to have a church, to have friends and family. The only thing that matters is what God designed you and I to be. Matters not if you get the best job in the world and your soul is lost. Matters not if you get the best looking guy or girl or you get that relationship and you lose out with the destiny that God has called you for. Because if not, you'll find yourself like Samuel. Like Saul in Samuel 28 and 15. When Saul was coming to the end of his life, now he was faced with one of the biggest battles of his entire life. But now then, instead of his heart being the heart of a warrior, heart of what God called him to be, we see a man with fear and faint instead of his destiny. Amen. In 1 Samuel 28, 15, it said, In Samuel, Saul went to the witch. And called up Saul. I mean Samuel. Saul went to the witch and called up Samuel out of the grave. There's a lot of debate whether that was actually Samuel. Or if it wasn't. In this story that part of it is irrelevant. What is relevant is where Saul is at right here. He said why hast thou disquitted me and to bring me up? Saul answered I am distressed. For the Philistines make war against me. His purpose was to defeat the Philistines. And now then he's afraid. And listen to what he says. And God is departed from me. And answereth me no more. Neither by the prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee. That thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Saul understood something. That God had left him. And his heart was filled with fear because he chose the Bible said he chose instead to please the people instead of trusting God Amen. I want you to hear me today and understand this I feel that we will be the generation that will see Jesus come back Amen. we are at the end of the race when it comes to humanity you can agree or disagree with me if you want but surely to goodness, you can look around right now and you can see how this, what this crazy world is being and doing. Okay? I, I preached an old sermon at Sturgis today that I preached Harvest House in 2015 and in 2008. And I'm going to show you just the progression. In May, I don't remember the exact day, May of 2005, on the place in the 1800s where they signed the... Um, what was the word when I used this morning? The, the uh, anyway, 
They signed one of the treaties to start this nation. And the very place that they signed that in May of 2005 is where they signed the declaration to make same-sex marriage okay in the United States. When I preached that the first time, at that time, I think it was just three or four, uh, three, three countries that allowed same-sex marriage. And at that time, seven or eight states. That was in 2008. In 2015, when I preached it again to this church, then it was up to 22 countries and 30 states. And now then, all 50 states in the United States and 30 countries are okay with same-sex marriage. Now, you can say what you want in this generation that's blinding everybody and make them think that that's okay. But biblically speaking, it's wrong. And we've got to realize that the time that we're living in right now. And we have so much that's going on in this country. And that's not my sermon, but I'm trying to make a point of where we're living right now. People are so irregard to what God has done. Do you know how many times I have preached in this place sermons that God laid on my heart and people walked out this place the same way that they came in and nothing changed in their spirit? Not that I'm the preacher, but I've seen it in other places too. People being unmoved. We're living in a time. I know that so many hearts are filled with fear. And so many hearts are filled with worry and confusion. But I want to tell you today, God has not forsaken you. And He's not forsaken the church. Hallelujah. My life and your life has been filled with a destiny. And I know this world right now wants to tell us a lot of these things that's going on in this world is okay. But hear this preacher today. God called you from more young person than the back seat of a car losing your virginity and losing your life out to that type of thing. God called you for more than sticking things in your arm that never belonged in your arm to be hooked on those things. Or God has called you more to be connected to a phone or this or that in your life where you waste your life away with some type of addiction whether it be pornography or, or, or alcohol or drugs or, or, or sex or whatever it may be. God has called us for more than that. God has called us for more than, than scraping by a living life every payday to payday wondering if I'm going to make it the next. God has called us for more than that. And God has called this church in Mary, Kentucky to be more than what we see here as sometimes a three-winged circus or whatever you may think it is. God has called us to be a light, hallelujah, in a dark area. God has called this church with a purpose and people with a purpose. We have a destiny that God has called us for. We do have a ministry you do have a ministry. Everyone here has a destiny from God. Amen. God's still adding to the church daily. As the word of God says, such as should be saved. There's a reason we are here in church today. God has called us with a destiny for such a time as this. Amen. And on this memorial weekend, we can look at all the great people of the Bible throughout the apostolic history that walked in their destiny. There are the Saul's who didn't fulfill their destiny. There are the Demises that forsaken Paul and walked the other way. But there were kings, there were priests, there were prophets, there were shepherds, there were fishermen, there were tent makers and and, and, and the likes of Peter and James and John and Paul that had destinies to fulfill and they walked in their destiny. And, and we think that sometimes our destiny has to be some kind of great things, but they don't always have to be like that. During, during our modern times, men and women like G.A. Mangan and Bug and Nona Freeman and Eli Hernandez and my mother Mary Orton and, and, and 
and uh, uh, my, my wife's mother Yvonne Fuller and Donnie Ewing and, and John Hawtrey that, that fought the good fight of faith and they went on and, and, and whether they walk totally in the destiny on this earth they are living in the destiny that God has called them for and that's for eternity God has given us hallelujah a destiny praise God he's given you a destiny and all throughout the scriptures there are lessons where we can learn but I want to tell you today the most important lesson that we can learn today that we cannot compare our destiny to their destinies what God did for them in times of old was for them but I believe that God wants to do something fresh for us God has something new for this generation because we are the end time generation Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The prophet Joel seen our day of destiny in a vision. And he said it like this in Joel chapter 2, 28 and 29. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And apostle upon my servants and handmaids. In those days will I pour out my spirit. God will not judge this generation by what those who have gone on before us did. Amen. Dear lives have nothing what they've done in their destinies really has little to do. I mean it had to do with their reward but not ours. I guess is what I'm trying to say today. Amen. But we hear me today Jimmy, we will be judged by what we have been given and what we have done with what we have been given. Listen today. You will be judged on what you have given and what you're doing with what you've been given. I mean, I wasn't born in a family that had a million dollars. I was born in a, a coal miner's home. That worked hard. Made sure I made made my grades and went to school. I wish they'd pushed me a little harder. I'd made A's, but they didn't. Destiny, you've you've graduated high school now. What are you going to do with it, Sydney? It was you a couple years ago, Jim. It was you last year. Jim, it's going to be you next year. Preston, you too, right? What are you going to do with what you've been given? You've been given the opportunity to live in the United States where you have the freedom to go and get an education and better your life and become more and have knowledge. There's some people out, some kids that, that was born in other countries, they wasn't born with the opportunity that we have. There, they were, there's countries that, that's not been born with what we have, but we have what we have and we've been given what we've been given and we'll be judged by what we've got. This wonderful apostolic truth, this powerful word of God, this Holy Ghost that we have. Yes, amen. We're living in a generation that wants to make all kinds of excuses. We want to blame everyone else for our struggles. We cannot use that for an excuse that we're living in a wicked society. This 
It's hard times. And people are worse, it seems like now, than they were ever then. But Harvest House, this is our time. This is our chance. This is our opportunity. Today is a day of salvation. Let's quit making excuses. Let's quit waiting for a more convenient time. We have no other time. We have destiny to fulfill. Romans 13 and 11 says, and knowing, that the, now is, knowing the time that now, it is high time to wake out of our sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Victor Vera said the devil doesn't care how much we do for God as long as we don't do it today. The devil don't care how much you've done for God in your past. If you've started 15 churches and you've won 1,500 people to God, as long as you're not doing it right now, he's happy. You've taught Bible studies. You've, you've won people to God. You've shouted these aisles. You've paid thousands of dollars in, in, in offerings. It doesn't matter to the devil as long as you're not doing it right now. Amen. Maybe you sung on this platform or some other platform and you've done this and you've done that. He's not worried about that. That's in the past. He wants to stop you from doing what you're supposed to do now. It is His job to get us to pass up our opportunity, to lose our chance and give up on our destiny. But we've been given a mandate by God through His Word to work while it is yet day. For there's going to come a night when nobody can work while we have a chance. Hallelujah. We've got to do what we can. Amen. How many has received the Holy Ghost at one time or another in this, in this church? You've spoken in tongues. We have the Holy Ghost. We have the message. We've been anointed. We have the power. And if God gave you the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter if you spoke in tongues then and you felt it move your life then. What are we doing with it now? What are we doing with it now? The devil didn't care how much you spoke in tongues yesterday or the day before. But what are you going to do with that spirit that he's given us right now? He has destined us, praise God. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 9, he said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Talking about the Holy Ghost. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Yes, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted and not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Hear me today. We don't have time any longer to have our own personal destinies. It's time that we come together as a church. As a mighty army. And understand that we have a job to do. We should all be striving for the same place, which is heaven. And I believe ultimately we all want to be saved. I don't think there's anybody in here that really wants to go to hell. I don't think so. We want our friends and families and our churches to be saved. We've got a job to do. Ephesians, 4, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6 says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to praise, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. God is telling us that in these last days, he said, I've given you a purpose. I've given you a destiny. What is that? That we would be adopted into the family of Jesus Christ. That's your purpose today. Your purpose is not to game all your life or be addicted to something all your life. 
Why? Because He's predestined us according to His purpose to praise and to glorify the name of God. Our destiny is to be a be an adopted child of God. That's what He's called us for. And when He adopts us, the devil don't have no claim on us no more, Sister Penny. Amen. Paul's telling us that no person's destiny is measured by his works, his achievements, or his exploits, or his special accomplishments. Let me talk about John Autry for a second. Can I talk about him? John preached how many sermons? Two. Two sermons. Now somebody might look at John and think, well man, he didn't fulfill his destiny. He didn't do everything he could have done. No, maybe John could have been, he could have made himself a little healthier and lived a little longer. But God is the one who signs a bill of when we die. Amen. And when he died on May 16th, right? 12th, May 12th of 2016. You know what John done? John fulfilled his destiny. Because he was destined to go to heaven. A week before John died, I went to John and I talked to him. I said, John, how are you feeling spiritually? He said, I prayed through to the Holy Ghost the other day. I baptized him in Jesus' name at the river. I seen him preach up here. Yeah, that was great accomplishments. He preached that sermon. God must be first. It, it, to this day, his sermons are the number one listened to sermon on our podcast. Nobody has been heard any more than John Autry's sermon. But you know what his greatest accomplishment was? Eternity. Amen. He was destined for eternity. And so are you today. And if you don't fulfill all the dreams and ambitions that you've had through your life, maybe you had dreams that you was going to be this great preacher, this great singer, this or that. That's great. And I hope that happens in your life. But your ultimate destiny is that you must be saved. God's not requiring some great accomplishment from us. Although that's great when we do it. Micah 6 and 8 says it well. He said, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God. That's the plan and the will of God for your life. God has a destiny for us. And we will not find that destiny through some fleshly desire. When we as a church understand that we have a destiny and that God has called us, He has chosen us, He has anointed us to run this race, to fight this good fight of faith, praise God. We begin to follow the destiny that He has for us, praise God. Paul said, forget those things which are behind. Reaching forth to those things which are before us. Press towards the mark of the prize, the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Listen to Hebrews 2 and 12 and 2. It said, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. How could Jesus endure the cross? He saw what was on the other side of the cross. 
He understood his destiny. He understood his purpose. That's why he could climb up on that cross and be crucified for every one of us because he knew on the other side there was a resurrection in his life. And he knew that resurrection was also going to give us an opportunity to have resurrection. He saw down through time. He saw a church in this city all this, at this very time, this hour, for souls that need to be saved. Destiny will not be determined by chance, but by choice. Yeah. William Shakespeare said, it is not in the stars to hold our destiny, but in ourselves. Yeah. Roy T. Bennett said, you are not the victim of the world, but rather the master of your own destiny. It is your choices and decisions that determine your destiny. It's in your hands, Jimmy. Destiny, it's in your hands, sweetheart. Preston, it's in your hand, buddy. Bethany, can you give her off? Fix and bring this to close. Because I want a piece of chicken. No. I'm going to bring this to a close because somebody needs to hear what I'm fixing to say. And I want somebody to make a choice. While at Bishop's White's homecoming last year, I probably have mentioned this, but Brother Scott Graham told us about a courthouse in Ohio. And that courthouse stands in a very unique place and location. You see the raindrops behind me? On this courthouse, Raindrops that fall on the north side of the building go into Lake Ontario and the Gulf of St. Lawrence, while those falling on the south side go into the Mississippi River and then down to the Gulf of Mexico. At precisely the point of the peak of the roof, at the very top of the roof, facing the roof with me, the gentlest blow of wind on that raindrop half inch whatever it takes to make it go whichever way it goes determines the destiny of that raindrop how much difference does it make you know what difference it makes 2,000 miles because when it goes down it goes up to the northern part or it goes down it goes down to the Gulf of Mexico it is 2,000 miles apart. The smallest choice might set in motion that will change your destiny today. Change our future. It will affect our eternal destiny. Just to 
I feel like sharing it right now before I, I close this. I put it on social media. You probably see it the other day, but I'm reading a book by Eli Hernandez. He died of COVID in 2020. A powerful man of God. He said, We can't afford to be proud and arrogant. You know what the cause of proud and arrogant is? When you're worried about what somebody else thinks. It's the opposite of humility. Humility only thinks about God. What God thinks. We can't afford to be proud and arrogant. People that do that take longer to get where God designed them to be. He said, I've watched men that used up their whole lifetime and they never got to the destiny of God because they kept recycling, recycling, recycling. Now what does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. You know that test that you keep going through? You're like, I've been here before. I've done this. We keep recycling. Because somewhere we've lost the spirit of humility. And it's more about me or it's more about somebody else. I'm more concerned about somebody else. So we keep recycling. I'm 51 years old. Been here 16 years. I'm going to keep recycling. to have an apostolic church here. Which ways are we blowing today? For I know the thoughts I think, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil to give you an expected end. Would you stand with me today? I know sometimes we feel like we don't have a destiny or purpose. And we ask ourselves, what God can ever do with me? But your thoughts are not his thoughts. His dreams are bigger than our dreams. God has given us a destiny. I'm thankful for that destiny he's given us. But I'm more thankful for the destiny he's given us as individuals in the church. He has a plan A. But you can be saved with plan B. in the dust of the day. I want you to remember God has called you. God has anointed you. God has chosen you. I have two more quotes to finish with today. Crystal Lewis said, our eventual fate will be the sum of the stories we told ourselves long enough. Son, maybe quit telling yourself that you're a loser. Some of you need to quit telling yourself that I'll never get it right. Some here today need to quit saying, I'm not good enough for God. And just keep cycling over and over. I have no idea how to say this name and I'll probably botch it, but I'll try. 
So the Hertha Gautama said, if you do not change direction, you may end up where you're heading. Do you want to end up where you're heading? Let me tell you today, if it's not heaven, you don't want to end up there. I ask, I want you to ask yourself today, which way are you heading? Are you heading towards God's destiny? Are you heading towards hell? It's really only two choices. But you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. It's time to tell ourselves we have been called for a purpose. It's time to fulfill our destiny for God. to be the wind today as the raindrops of heaven are falling. Which way are you going to let it blow you today? Are you going to go ahead and make that leap off on one side? Hopefully somebody catches you if you're on the wrong side and pull you back in the right spot. What is your destiny today?